welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. It's been another busy, nuts week in this existence that is challenging us all. But I hope you're taking a moment to take care of yourself and remind yourself how valuable, strong, and important you are. I know for me that moment has been whether I'm taking the time to record these episodes or reading books with my best friends in this really awesome book club that we've started and really anything that just kind of makes me feel good for once, you know? it's it, We're in a tricky time right now and I'm really just grateful for having outlets and spaces and things that make me feel good. So I hope you're all doing the same for yourselves too. Um, so let's move on to this week's guest. Um, this week I'm joined by Melody, who has put out a brilliant EP via Lauren Records called Teacher's Pet. Um, the teen songwriter has been writing some of the most honest and mature tracks that capture both the, her experiences of growing up and the feeling that we're all always seeking someplace safe to grow and be ourselves. Melody joins this week to share how she's approached her songwriting, the people who have encouraged her growth, being honest, what's ahead, and so much more. So with that, let's listen to more music by Melody and then get into the interview.
Awesome. All right. Welcome, Melody, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Honestly, this is so cool. Um, you're in Los Angeles right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in um, Culver City, which is basically LA. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not a suburb, but it's like not in the big city area, but it's basically LA. <laughs> That's so cool. I was actually trying to come to LA at the end of the summer, but I think, unfortunately, coronavirus may have messed that up. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's a bummer. As well. yeah. yeah, it stinks. I know. I feel like it's definitely thrown a wrench at everybody's year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk about you, or excuse me, to talk to you, um, because your EP is something that I'm really excited about right now. Um, I've, I've been so thrilled to like get an early tease of it and like definitely one of the bits of sunshine and everything going on right now. So thank you for that. <laughs> so much thank you yeah definitely when did you kind of first begin to play music I heard you started super young yeah um well I mean ever since I was like a little kid like three years old like I've had like toy instruments and like my dad's a musician so it's always been like a part of my life and like the first time I like kind of made up a song was when I was like four and I would just like literally talk gibberish with my toy piano it's like it's been a thing for like as long as I can remember but like for actually writing like real quote-unquote real songs it was like when I was like 12 or 13 maybe so like middle school age that's amazing it's pretty impressive to me that you put out your first EP when you were like 13 thank you yeah <laughs> And you played a few instruments too, right? Because I've heard a little bit of piano, you did some ukulele and guitar ultimately then, huh? Yeah, I started piano like lessons when I was like four as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's like my first instrument. And then when I was in middle school and started writing my own songs, that's when I started like ukulele because it was like the easiest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And so I transitioned from that to guitar when I was like starting high school maybe eighth grade okay. and so yeah so and now guitar is like what I mostly do and my dad plays guitar so he shows me a lot of stuff so. that's awesome and it's great that you have somebody like your dad who can show you those kind of things and stuff um and it sounds like your parents have been super encouraging too the fact that you're already releasing music as a teenager totally it that's like the thing I'm most thankful for in my entire life like my parents are so supportive and like they're like my best friends, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Did they share, like, a lot of their favorite music with you growing up or anything? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, me and my dad go to concerts together all the time because, like, we started to, like, like the same music. Like, he shows me stuff from, like, his generation that I really like. And then I'll actually – I've been showing him bands, like, that are newer that he actually likes, which is really cool. So he always takes me to shows. Um, so as you were learning to play music, were there any artists or musicians that you were like turning to a lot that you kind of wanted to be like, or whose sound you really enjoyed practicing? Yeah, totally. Um, I also, I literally wrote a list <laughs> because oh, I, really? get asked question, I get asked this question all the time and every time my mind just goes completely blank. <laughs> so I literally wrote a list. So I'm just going to read it. <laughs> I said, snail mail, Phoebe Bridgers, Frankie Cosmos, soccer mommy. Fourth Wanderers, Beach Bunny, Illuminati Hotties, Speedy Ortiz, um, Alex G, 
and basically everything that Phoebe Bridges is involved with, like Boy Genius and Better Living Community Center. But yeah, wow. that was a lot of words, but. <laughs> that was one hell of a list though. Like I really enjoy everybody that you mentioned and what a great like variety of artists who have just so much like talent and um, breadth within indie music too. Definitely. Yeah, that's like scene. That scene has been really like inspiring to me for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, it's great. That's amazing. Um, so tell me, how did you kind of first approach writing your own music? How did that kind of start? Um, I mean, I don't really remember because it's just always something that I've done to like process like my feelings and stuff. Um, I mean, the first time that I really realized that I actually wanted to like pursue it and like record it and stuff and not just do it for fun um, was in like, I think seventh grade. And it was the first time that I like showed my dad, like I played a song for him and he was like, you know, I have like a microphone, like we can record this in our garage. And I was like, whoa, that is so cool. I didn't even know like that was possible. And so I did that just for fun. And then he was like, this is actually really good. Like once you like collect some more, like once you write more, we can just keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how it started. And then once I like, um, I accumulated like five or so that we decided to record, like that was when we were like, wait, we could actually like make this a real thing. So, yeah. That's so neat that you were able to kind of start recording things as they came to you and have your dad there to really support that. Totally, yeah. I love that. Well, I feel like you have so many different, um, like genres wrapped within your songwriting. Like, I feel like some of it's kind of like upbeat and hooky, like a pop punk. Some of it's got like, you know, just the soft, like tenderness that you sometimes hear in Indian. I'm just kind of curious, how do you personally describe your sound? Um, I don't, I mean, I feel like I definitely have like two sides to me. One of them is like totally like pop punk, like, you know, like all the, um, hold on. <laughs> um, like, you know, like Beach Bunny and like Speedy Ortiz and like, I'm really into Upset, who's also like worked with Foreign Records. Like that's one side of me. And then the other side of me is like Phoebe Bridgers and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, it's hard to like balance the two. Cause I don't know. I want to like have a broad, um, Okay, wait, can you edit this out? I yeah, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I feel like there's, like, definitely two sides to me. Like, one side is definitely, like, um, super, like, pop punk, like, alternative rock, like, um, yeah. And then the other side is definitely more, like, singer-songwriter, indie, like, Phoebe Bridges type stuff. And so I definitely, like just however I'm feeling, that's kind of how it comes out. And it's kind of just at random. And then I put it all together. And yeah. Wait. That's awesome. No, that's great. Seriously. And like, I think when you have that variety of influence, it can really shape something unique in your songwriting and stuff. And I definitely feel that with yours because it doesn't really get boxed in because you do have both the indie side and like kind of the alt pop punk side too the way that that fuses together gives you your own unique sound where it's like you could play with any one of those sounding bands and it just totally works thank you yeah definitely um can you kind of walk me through your songwriting process how do you put together some of your tracks 
Yeah, okay, so um, normally it just kind of all happens at once because whenever I force myself to like, whenever I'm like, I'm gonna write a song today, it never works out. <laughs> so it kind of just has to happen like naturally when like sometimes I'll just come home from school really upset or something and I'll just like pick up the guitar without thinking about it and then that's when it happens. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes I'll just start playing like a random chord and then I'll just start singing and then I'll like scramble to write it down because it's not like it doesn't really happen like in a concrete way. Mm -hmm. I just it kind of happens and whenever I try to like capture that feeling artificially it doesn't work out. So it's very random. <laughs> I believe that because I feel like um, a lot of your songs just feel very natural in that sense where it's like, you know, I, I feel like you're coming across always very sincere, very honest, both lyrically and um, and like sonically too. Thank you. Yeah, that's like the most important thing to me, honestly, like just being honest because I know a lot of the things that I feel, a lot of people feel too, but they're just like too afraid to say it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I just want to say it because I don't know. I, like, if someone can relate to that, I think that's good. And I always have to, you always have to be honest about that type of thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's definitely something that you accomplish with, like, your music. And it seems like you've had that from the start, at least from what I'm seeing. Because, like, um, with your first EP and stuff, you you were talking about very real experiences to you. And in that time, you've definitely grown <laughs> in both your music and as a person and stuff. Um, Tell me how you feel like you've grown and changed and maybe even like personally and with your music since then. Yeah, I've definitely changed a lot, like just in every way possible. I feel like now is like the most, like the time in everyone's life where they just change so much. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have gone more like mature about the way I look at things. Um, like I tend to like look at, the situations I'm going through from like an outsider's perspective sometimes and that like helps me deal with things um and just like you know materialize like what's happening and all that mm -hmm. um and like in middle school I was definitely more like I guess just naive I don't know <laughs> like just everything that a normal person would go through from middle school to high school age mm -hmm. um but like for songwriting it's changed a lot because I've really found like the niche and like the artists that actually inspire like that I feel like this is me like mm -hmm. especially over quarantine I've been like wait like I've been finding a bunch of new like styles even clothes and stuff mm -hmm. like styles and types of music and I'm like wait this is like what I'm meant to like fit into in the world mm -hmm. and so I've definitely found more pieces of myself over the years since my last EP. I love that and your new EP is so great. Um, you know, I actually had to read more of like the press information about you to figure out, you know, your age and more about you and stuff. Because I think when I realized that I was like, oh my God, because your music sounds like work that would have been developed by somebody much older than you are. And it's so impressive from the way that the songs are structured to the subjects that you talk about and stuff. It's really impressive to me. So I just wanted to make sure I told you that because I was mind blown. I'm like, wow, this is like, again, one of the coolest teenagers I think I've ever like met at this point. Cause wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. Um, teacher's pet is a, is a feat, like an incredible one. <laughs> thank you. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to talk about some of my favorite songs that you have on there, if you don't mind. Um, uh, Teacher's Pet, of course, the title track is so fun. I feel like it's really playful and I feel like it kind of shows maybe at least how I'm interpreting it, how you really like embraced yourself. Um, Can you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. That's spot on. Basically, like a lot of people will be like, why are you writing about like a teacher pet? Like, but it's really not about that. It's just about like embracing like whatever you are, mm-hmm. like, and just forgetting about like, I guess the labels that like either you put on yourself or like other people gave you. Because for me, like, I honestly just put a lot of pressure on myself to like do everything or like be anything, you know? And one day I was just like, that is so stupid. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Also, even if the labels are true and they are, like, true to my who I am, like, so what? That's, like, awesome. So I think you're, you're right. It's just about, like, embracing whoever you are and, like, finding people that won't, like, finding people who also embrace that, you know? That's yeah. also really important. Definitely. I, I got that impression that, like, you know, you have this kind of um... – the circle around you are people that kind of encourage you to kind of like embrace the parts of your identity and stuff that like, you know, I remember at least whenever I was a teenager, people would kind of taunt you if you were a teacher's pet, if you were somebody who was like, you know, super nerdy or academic or whatever. Um, but, you know, it feels like you've just embraced that so thoroughly and you're like, and you have um, a support system for whoever you are in the moment, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been like a roller coaster for me with like friends and like people in my life and definitely goes up and down. Like even since then, I like I felt that way. Now I don't. Now I do. Like it's definitely changing a lot because, you know, in high school, people like change a lot. And it's not that I don't like love everyone in my life, but like, you know, things change. Mm -hmm. Um, But like definitely just like I still think it's important overall, like, the message, and I definitely have people, like, still, like, that in my life, like, for sure. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you structured that song, um, like, musically and stuff, because I feel like it's got so many great elements to it, just, like, so many hooks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I actually wrote it first on um, my baritone ukulele, which is, like, the bottom or the top, wait, either the bottom or the top four strings of a guitar. So it like mm-hmm. sounds like a guitar, but it's just way easier. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of how I learned guitar. Cause I had that. And like, it's the same chords, just like adding mm-hmm. strings. So I first wrote it on that and I was just like, and it was more like chill um, and more acoustic. And um, I guess I just like, one day I just decided to make it more like big and like, I guess rockish. <laughs> so then I just put it, I transferred it to the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't really know. I don't remember how all the like little things came about in it, like the hooks and stuff, but it just sort of like happened. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I definitely like, um, like made them bigger, like when I was recording it. Mm-hmm. Like um, we, like me and my dad and the engineer like definitely helped to like bring up and make those hooks more like relevant in the song I don't know but like um yeah it started out just as like a chill like baritone ukulele song and then I transferred it over that's amazing because you were able to turn into something that I feel like is like probably pretty danceable and fun (laughs) yeah that's the goal I think (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. Um, another one I really loved was Room 111. Um, I feel like you're describing a space that feels safe to you and like where you're kind of among pe- like peers and just people who understand you. Is that something that you were trying to kind of like express and share in that song? Yeah, definitely. It's actually very literal. Mm-hmm. Like about um, my teacher, my eighth grade English teacher, um, who is now like one of my best friends ever. Like literally like she we have dinner with her all the time and like she's friends with my mom too. Um and in eighth grade I was very that was like a crazy like transitional year. I've always been like really hard with transitions in my life. Like even like I don't know, just the smallest things that change like freak me out. And that year was very like I was just crying all the time, um, and stuff. And then this teacher just totally like saw herself in me I guess and we just started like talking and like forming a bond and she's also the theater teacher at our school and so she was doing the school musical and she was like you need to like be a part of this and I'm not like a actress or anything like I I can't be on stage or act at all but I obviously know music so she was like you can totally be the music director like you should try out and so I ended up doing it and getting it and that was like one of the most like amazing experiences ever I feel like just theater in general especially in like in school is such like a bonding experience um like just putting together a production like with a bunch of people is like so fun and like yeah, and so that's basically the vibe that I was trying to capture and just, like, how that teacher really showed me that, like, it's okay to be, like, it's okay to be, you know, crying all the time and, like, it's okay to be, like, who you are because that was me too. Mm-hmm. And we just, I, yeah, I formed a lot of bonds that year. And so that's basically about that. I love that. And I feel like you're – kind of energy and tempo within that song too just like has a beautiful way of conveying both safety and vulnerability within that same uh that same space which is so fascinating to me in a song because it's like to be able to accomplish both like especially whenever you can do that with like the actual tone in the music is just amazing how you were able to do that thank you oh my gosh yeah definitely like safety and vulnerability was a part of it because I wrote it a year later in when I went to high school because that was in eighth grade and so I had to leave the next year and the whole thing was basically me being away from that community and teacher Mm -hmm. like I would I would be there every day like after school for like hours and stuff so it was like being away from that is very scary and like I think um like the last line where it says like I want to be where I know everything is basically what I used to describe it because it was just so like scary to be in like a new place and like I said transitions are really hard mm-hmm. um and so being away from her and like everyone that was like yeah that was basically in the state of mind I was in when I was writing it so yeah the vulnerability definitely was a part of it yeah definitely I I really respect that in the song and I feel like that's something that you just do really well as like a songwriter and probably as a person too because like uh, I felt that way even like within Super Lame too which was like a really fun way to end your EP because it's like it's an upbeat sound and I feel like um, to me it just came across as such like an honest look at how easy it is to kind of like want to be like someone else or even just like appeal to somebody but it's like within this kind of like 
upbeat and bubbly sort of confession, you know? Um, can you talk a little bit more about that one? Yeah. About super lame? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was a combination of angry and also just like coming to terms with things and just being like, you know what? Like, I'm fine. I didn't do anything wrong, you know? So that's kind of where the, like, upbeat part of it came from. Because I was just like, all of this drama, first of all, I was creating it most of it in my head. Like, there wasn't even <laughs> drama going on. <laughs> all of that stuff was just, I was just like, what? Oh, my God. So, like, juvenile, I guess. Like, I was just like, no, I'm fine. And so, like, yeah, that was kind of the attitude I had. Because I was so upset for, like, a whole year about, you know, teenage things, (laughs) (laughs) you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, I was just, like, I don't, why am I worrying so much about, like, a person who doesn't even, like, care about who I, like, you know, like, if someone doesn't, like, give you the time of day, then they're not worth your time, you Mm -hmm. know, so that was basically where I was going. (laughs) It's a hard lesson to learn, I feel like, especially as a teenager and stuff, and, you know, because you're still figuring out how to, like, navigate those kind of situations and, like, how to emotionally respond to it, how to mentally respond to it, all of it. So that was, that feels like a great way to kind of approach it and a good way to, like, think about that stuff, you know, the whole realization that, you know what, doesn't matter. It's not worth it. Definitely. I love that so much. Um, I mentioned, like, a bunch of my favorite songs off of the EP, but do you have a favorite? Um... I think Room 111 because it's the most, like, special, I guess. Um, yeah, because, like, that one has to do with other people as well, and the other ones are more just me. So that was definitely, like, the most important one to me. I feel that because I feel like now that you've kind of shared a little bit of the context with me, it's kind of like um, – let me try to see if I can put this the right way. It's like a um, – it's like a friendship love song in that way, you know, knowing that like, you know, you're, you're kind of writing a friendship love song to somebody who made you feel safe. And I thought that was just so freaking cool. Thanks. I love that expression. That's cool. It's, it's so cool to me. Um, have you had a chance to play any of your songs live? I know that like, we're kind of in a weird moment right now, but I was curious. Yeah. Um, that is actually one of my biggest fears, <laughs> but oh really? Like, yeah, but like I know it's one of the fears that I know that once I do it a lot, like I'll be fine. And like I literally like fantasize about it. I'm excited to do it, mm-hmm. but I'm just so scared, you know. But yeah. like I did like small shows with like my dad too, like at family type events, not family, but like you know. Um, and so like we'll play. We've played at like my grandma's art gallery. Oh, cool. Um, yeah just like for her friends and then like at this like restaurant that his my dad's friend's band was doing like a thing and then I just like opened for them I guess and then me and my dad do a song together and then the other the third time was at this farm it was really beautiful and like cool it was like this my dad's friend's band's album release party Mm -hmm. was just out there like farm that they had and so I got to open for them and then me and my dad did a song together um and so that's like it's only been like family and friends that's still neat though because I feel like those are I think you kind of sometimes want to test the waters in front of people that you trust you know definitely that's so cool um so 
I kind of want to go back to the EP here for just a second. What is something you really want folks listening to Teacher's Pet to get out of it when they hear it? Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, honestly, like, I just want someone to relate to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the biggest part of music for me and, like, art in general is, like, communication and, like, um, you know, like, being relatable and, like, finding a deep connection with it because that's what music is for me. Um, that's, like, my main source of, like, you know, connection, like, heart-to-heart energy, that type of thing, but, like, I just hope that someone can relate and be, like, wow, like, she put my feelings into words, and, like, that's, wow, that, like, hits my heart, you know what I mean? I hope that someone can, like, find comfort in knowing that someone else feels the way that they feel, Mm -hmm. and if they don't, then I hope that they, like, can see kind of uh, a closer look into what it feels like to be like a teenage girl because I don't know I feel like a lot of times teenage girls are invalidated just mm-hmm. in general I don't know because we're like you know cre- like um uh, like obsessive and like hormonal and stuff but like I mean those things are real you know so I feel like if someone doesn't relate I feel like if they just could understand a little bit of my perspective would that would be great <laughs> I love that. And yeah, I think, um, I think if anything, you're just exposing your experiences being like a teenage girl at that point. And I think that's super valid and important. And I got to tell you, those obsessive tendencies, they don't go away. Then they're not limited to just teenagers. Yeah, (laughs) I'm 27 years old and I still like obsess over music and fandom and stuff. And I'm just like, that started when I was 10 and I'm still doing it at 27. So (laughs) it It, it doesn't go away. And that's a good thing. Hold on to that stuff. I think that like teenage girls need to be celebrated more for the fact that they are so giving and they're so passionate about things because it's like, I mean, the first time I think people realized that that was the thing was like Beatlemania in the fifties and stuff. And it still carries today with so many different artists of different walks, whether it's music or fandom or whatever. And it's like, yeah, teenage girls actually fuel your like art and your economy. <laughs> Remember that. I was literally talking about that with my mom. Like, yeah. Talking about that. And we were like, um, like, why are people so critical of teenage girls? Like we're literally funding like everyone's like money. <laughs> like we're like the, you know, like we keep the artists alive, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I think about even, um, so like K-pop is obviously like culturally significant to like Korean society and stuff, but like without teenage girl, young teenage Korean girls sharing it on the internet with like an international audience and stuff, K-pop now is completely funded by like young teenage girls and like young adults too. But you know what I mean? Where it's like that has exploded because of really passionate young women exactly yeah I know like why can't that be like a positive thing you know <laughs> like that's the most positive thing I've ever heard <laughs> like right <laughs> I, I think people need to realize that teenage girls are actually the true titans of industry period because <laughs> y'all make it happen <laughs> oh yeah for sure that's, that's so awesome um so I'm kind of curious Um, what's something that maybe you want people to know about you as like a musician or a performer, maybe just about you in general, like 
what's something you want to share about yourself? Um, okay, definitely that, because I, I honestly am so blind to this. I have no idea if that this energy comes off of me, but I'm nervous like 24-7. Like, I know I, I, I mean, I can play it off, whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally like five, like before this happened, like the whole day, like my stomach hurt, like I was so nervous. But, and like, I feel like people... Honestly, okay, like I said, I don't know if people think this, but I would think that people don't realize that. But, like, I'm just, like, throwing up in my brain, like, all the time. But, like, that's okay, you know? I mean, if it gets out of hand, you know, get, you need some help. But, like, you know, it's okay to, like, embrace not knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I mean, obviously, I'm 16, like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, like, in general, like, I am so, like just lost and nervous and just like kind of going with the flow um yeah that's kind of (laughs) what I was yeah that's so amazing I love that you own that because I feel like that kind of honesty is so hard to express when you're a teenager I feel like I feel like even as an adult it's hard to admit that you get nervous and that life is hard and you don't know what the hell's going on and stuff and that's okay um so that's so cool that you're just like you very much embrace yourself, and I think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, I try. <laughs> <laughs> that's so neat to me. Um, so I know that this year is kind of weird with everything going on, but I'm kind of curious, like, what kind of stuff are you working on, and maybe what are your goals as a musician? Yeah, totally. Um, I've been writing a lot, and already since I actually wrote, like, I wrote the Teacher's Pet EP, like, a year like more than a year ago because I recorded it last summer. So almost a year ago. So like those songs are pretty old to me. So like I've already had like, I have enough material for like almost another full EP. But I think I decided to just do singles. So like, like I'm just going to start, like once we can see people again, I'm going to start recording um, just like a few singles at a time. So I guess be prepared for that. I don't know. when it's gonna happen but yeah just singles are the next move um and then goals I don't I don't even know like I guess like if we're talking like big life goals for music it would just be to fill up like a small room literally like the Moroccan lounge I love that place I don't or you don't live in LA but if you live in LA (laughs) it's just really small and like intimate literally if I could fill up a place that like that um, size with people that like know the words to all my songs or like something like that like that would be like literally before I die that needs to happen <laughs> like that's my top goal I don't want to be you know I don't want to you know be too like famous I don't I don't know but I definitely just like having a group of people that um I know I guess like that connect to my music enough you know what I mean? That was kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. And you know what? I have no doubt that you're going to reach that in the foreseeable future. Cause, um, for one, a lot of people like me are like really anxious for new music and stuff. So for your EP to come out right now is going to be super great. And everybody's just going to have all the words memorized by the time that, uh, we all get to start going to shows again. Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Honestly. Um, 
So one of the things I always like to ask to kind of round out the end of an interview is if you could play a show with any three musicians or bands, they could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Oh my gosh. Would you want to play a show with? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, definitely Phoebe Bridgers because she's like my number one, like for everything like songwriting and like lyrics and all that. So I feel like that would be really, really cool. <laughs> and then, hmm, like, okay, I'll do two alive and one dead because that, I don't know. That's just what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> and probably, probably snail mail because she was like the first, um, the first like girl, female indie artist that I was like, that is who I want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. so she was like the first one for me. And then if I had to bring someone from the dead, I don't know if I would like, this would be like a show that I would, I don't know. This is like who I always say, like if I could see someone play live from mm -hmm. the dead, it would be Elliot Smith because mm -hmm. that he's, I mean, I don't even have to say anything about that. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's definitely, the one person that I would see or just meet or anything like that. So I love that. What an awesome lineup. I hope you get to one day play a show with Phoebe Bridgers and Snail Mail. I think that would be amazing and totally within your realm of reach because I feel like your sound fits perfectly with bands like that, with performers like that, I should say. And um you've got talent. You you've got it. So this is my vibe into the universe that you get to play that kind of show someday. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Melody. Um, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? Um, my Instagram is just Melody Caudill. Um, it's my last name. It's C-A-U-D-I-L-L. -L, so spelling. And then for Twitter, it's the same thing, but with an underscore after it. And then my YouTube is Melody Elizabeth. And I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> awesome. And your music's like on Apple Music, Spotify, all okay. that stuff. It's on everything, so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melody. Everybody, please make sure you check out her music. It is amazing. Thanks again. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. <laughs>
much to Melody for joining and sharing her stories and talent with us. Be sure to grab Teacher's Pet out now on Lauren Records. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, and sometimes Facebook at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zarowitz, and Orla Tinsey. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and be honest with what you need right now. Take care. Bye for now. (laughs) 